For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back for episode 29, uh, or episode 2, of the Padres Prospects Podcast on Believe, New Believe, San Diego. LA and San Diego. San Diego's. San Diegoans. San Diegoans. San, Di- San Diegoans. Number one sports podcast yeah, network. Yeah, that too. Uh, we're in a hurry today, so we're gonna Massive blow. Hurry. We're gonna blow right through favorite number twenty nines. Who's who wore twenty nine? No one mattered that wore number twenty nine. Number two, the shortstop. Number two. <laughs> on today's show, there's a lot going on. So we've been watching Red Sox Yankees in London, which has been really interesting. That's on right now as we're recording. Fish and chips, Mike. Get your lagers. Ice cold lagers here. Each time that they're going to mention cricket, uh, take we, a shot. Yeah, you take a shot every time the announcers or uh, Joe Buck says something about cricket. Jesus. Take God. a shot. Today's show, we're going to be watching that and talking about it probably pretty frequently. The Yankees blew up Rick Porcello. Rick Porcello's got to feel like crap right now because first game in London and he doesn't make it out of the first. What are the odds? Someone made money on that if you were betting props. Uh, we're going to talk about the AAA All-Stars. For our El Paso Chihuahuas, some familiar names in there. And we're going to talk about some futures game players that the, uh, got selected from the Padres. Minor league rosters, there's three of them. Also familiar names that we all know, but, and actually we just talked about a bunch of them on the last show, but talk about them again because the futures game, and it's probably my favorite minor league game of the year. Probably hey. just game of the year. I would talk about this before, but it's my favorite game of the year after opening day. It's the futures game. Not the fish and chips it's, game. It's exciting. No, the fish and chips game which is a funny name for it, by the way. But that's Thank a it's a fun-looking game. They were talking about the foul ground at the – they're playing at London Stadium, which is where – terrible name, by the way. It's where uh, West Ham United plays. And the foul ground at this game is more foul ground than Yankee Stadium and Fenway have combined, which is pretty unusual. The dimensions are wild. Strange cricket facts. And they're both wearing <laughs> white, which I – Love. It looks sleek as F. Yeah, no, it's clean. Why didn't you just say it? I don't know. I felt like hmm. I was going to say AF, but I went as F. Fuck. The word is fuck. So I think the, the, the pinstripe look with the, the Boston Red Sox look, the white on white is a very fresh look. I love white. It looks very clean. It's very Wimbledon-y. You were talking about. I, um, I figured that maybe it's because they're playing in London. So it's like there's the Wimbledon maybe? tradition. Yeah, so but it's, it's like. There's grass, and then Brian was quick to shut me down and just say, it's artificial. Yeah, they're playing on artificial turf, not even grass. <laughs> so there's that. But also, just because it's like an unusual game, I don't know why they decided to wear white and white, because there's no home team officially, maybe. But, it's the uh, cleanest-looking jerseys. It I mean, be, like, like you mentioned, yeah. there's probably you know sales of jerseys out front. So it's kind of like, are you going to sell the home team jersey, or are you going to sell the away? Yeah, grays. No one yeah. wants gray. Gray's yeah. an ugly look. So. We're talking about this off-air, too, that... I don't think anyone looks good in gray. It's like a tradition that we have in baseball back to when the games were broadcast in black and white. So you had to have like a differentiating 
Is that what it color? is? Color? Well, I know maybe not because they did that for football, but they wear they don't wear gray. They wear dark colors, right. which was for TV because you needed a white team to stand out on black and white TV, and you needed a dark team to stand out on, on black and white. But TV I don't facts. I don't know why they wear gray because gray wouldn't be that big of a difference on television, black and white television. Who knows? We'll have to look up look that up someday. But anyway, no one looks good in gray, in my opinion. But uh, this reminded me of our friend Mark, who's from England. He, I just messaged him on WhatsApp because that's a thing they do in Europe. And he said he is watching the game. And we used to argue about uh, he thinks baseball is the slowest game in the world, which is hilarious because they have cricket over there, which is 10 times slower. And there's Take been another a, shot. There's been a lot of action damn it, <laughs> so far in today's game, but that just means the game's going to last four hours. We, we know this. It's a Yankee-Red Sox game, and the first inning took over an hour, so we're in trouble. And if, and if the Brits are going to make us watch football in the mornings, we're going to make them watch a long baseball game. Mark doesn't get why our home teams always wear white. And I was trying to tell him about the TV aspect. So they stand out on TV better back when the black and white TVs. But this comes back to like just like not giving up. Because they don't wear – they have teams that like their color is white and then they have a different away kit uniform for soccer. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has a white uniform. He thought it was strange that all of our teams have a white home jersey because it makes us all look the same. And I'm trying to convince him, no, we have different colors on the white, but just the white is a very fresh look. Um he didn't. He didn't get it. It's hard to explain to someone. It, it who's could. It from, could. Dude, this could go so many weird ways. Because like maybe the Protestants, like there's like a Catholic undertone, a religious undertone. You're the king of the hard left turn. I'm Thank not you. sure if Protestant has anything. Or Protestantism has anything to do with what color we wear in baseball. <laughs> anyway, today's show. Uh, so that stuff. Obviously, we're into that. You're gonna. We're gonna talk about the rotation for 2020, which we teased last time. Uh, we're gonna do some news. And we're going to do uh, a trade me for Kirby Yates because um, I think we still should be considering trading Kirby Yates at some point this season. Go fish. Go fish. I don't know what that means. <laughs> to the news. One thing I wanted to ask you was uh, they're doing at the, at the London game today, they're doing the, the races with the heads, the mascot heads race. President's head? Yeah, they, like the, their oh, version the of it. And they voted on it to see who they would have as the mascot race. And I wanted to know, first of all, I don't think you know what they are, do you? Nope. So they, they've been announcing them, and I knew what they were, but I had to look them up. Enlighten me. Anyway, so apparently the queen was one of the ones you could vote <laughs> on, and British people are so in love with the queen, they were never going to do that to the queen. They love the queen. Yeah. They're not going to do that. So instead, apropos, from queen, Freddie Mercury is one of the guys. Then we have Winston Churchill. King Henry VIII. What the hell does King Henry VIII... Do people know what he looks like off the top of your head? Do you know what he looks like? I do. Really? Yeah. He's ginormous. He was a big dude. And then... He was like six foot eight. The upset... Like 300 something. I'll take the under on that. Because no one was that tall back then. He was huge. You're like... Anyway. The Loch Ness Monster snuck in there. So, not English, but British. They went went full. I'm sure Scotland (laughs) loves that. They love that. Um... (laughs) Should have been a leprechaun. That would have been good. A Just whole UK, yeah. a whole UK thing. Like one from Ireland, one from Scotland, and then a couple. One from I don't know who's Welsh. That's famous. Is there a famous Welshman out there? Uh, Christian, no. Christian Bale's Welsh. The Bale is he? Is he Welsh? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Football. Anyway, I'm so, I'm shocked Shakespeare didn't make it. He was one <laughs> of the ones that failed to get enough votes. But I would have thrown Shakespeare over King Henry. Send the dogs of war. And then there were no Beatles. I thought like a John Lennon would have made an appearance or something. Oh, McCarthy, because like he just had an interview on. Lennon or McCarthy? What do you mean? Who would you have picked if they were both on the ballot? 
I'd go Lennon. He's more famous. He got shot famously. I think it's more of a more drama. you get more of a sympathy vote. Mm-hmm. I think he's more famous than Paul McCartney. Probably. However, like since my parents are the ripe old age of being retired they and all old love and Paul watching, McCartney, don't they? And watching sixty minutes. Yeah. They so, watch 60 Minutes still. So, like, your parents are the ones watching 60 Minutes after football on Sunday instead of the next football game. Yeah. That's what, that's the only time I ever see ads for 60 Minutes is <laughs> stay after the game to watch 60 Minutes in your local network. Like, that, no, I'm going to go to the next game. Yep. Nope. That'd be my dad. Your parents are watching. Yep. Tradition. Uh, so, so, they had, they had McCarthy on. So, I would have just assumed, like, the British American connection. Just invite him. Help with his record sales because, you know, that's the bottom line that CBS and. I'll just shut up. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the news that I wanted to talk about, Tommy Edmond, mm. La Jolla Country Day graduate like myself. He's been blowing up our, my group me chat with my, my old friends from high school because he returned to San Diego this week. The Cardinals are playing the Padres, and he got the start, led off, played third base, made some really nice defensive plays, looked good out there, looked like a baseball player out there. I was very <laughs> impressed. And he went 0 for 5 with a strikeout, but was like had a couple line drive outs. Like he knew what he was doing up there. I was impressed. And I think he's going to stick around. He's he's good. Is this the same with the uh, El Maestro? Yeah, he's the son of uh, the baseball coach at Country Day and the son of uh, the chemistry. I don't know if she's still the chemistry teacher, but his mom was the chemistry teacher when I was there. And she was my tutor, my chemistry tutor, because I was famously terrible at chemistry. <laughs> and still, even after she tutored me, I was still pretty terrible, but not my thing. No Walter White. Producing crappy podcasts is my thing, not chemistry. <laughs> Other things that happened in the prospect world that are interesting. Brendan McKay got called up. He was the second overall pick by the Rays a few years ago. Famous uh, because he was a two-way player at Louisville and got drafted as a two-way player. And he's been DHing and pitching for the Rays in their minor leagues. And he's going to get called up and start uh, pitching, that is. He's going to be a starter. And I don't know what their plan for him is, like, in terms of hitting, because he he's struggled hitting. He's but not Otani. He's been a good pitcher so far in the minors, over hitter. And it's nice that he can do both, and maybe he's just, it's just a fun option to have off the bench as the guy that can be the emergency hitter. Probably more useful in the National League, honestly, unlike Otani, who actually does both very well. You want him to DH when he's not pitching. Like, you get him more at-bats, fine. National League, though, I, fit, I think fits McKay better because if he's, not the, if he's not good enough to start as a hitter but is a good emergency bat or a good pinch hitter when you're out of guys and it's an extra inning, then it's useful to be just like kind of a, an above-average hitting pitcher. But in the meantime, it kind of doesn't matter because he's in the American League and they're not going to have him DH, I don't think. But it's exciting that he's up because it's a big-name prospect, you know, top, top 15 guy probably. dun 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 Pottery News, Xavier Edwards hit his first career home run. He's been, this is his second year, uh, first full season of pro ball, and he's got, you know, enough at-bats now where, like, it's kind of weird that he doesn't have a home run, and that was never a part of his game. I'm working on a, I'm going to tease my top 30 prospect list, which Mm. is going to be posted on our website fairly soon. We'll give you all the details for that when it comes out. There's going to be 30 Padres, probably just a few that um, just missed list, maybe like five or so, and then a little, a tiny little write-up about each one a little bit about their background, what they're doing this year and stuff. So look forward to that. Talk about Xavier Edwards. He's pretty high on the list. I love Xavier Edwards. And I think power eventually becomes part of his game a little more. I mean, more than it is now, which is zero. So 
I love, I basically, I love Xavier Edwards and I think he turns into like eventually a 20 or not, sorry, a 20, but 10 to 15 homer guy, because as we all know, the, the baseball right now is fucking juiced and it, everybody the, the data is there. The, the, the ball goes yeah, further. Every, everybody the, talks about the it. The triple A ball this year, yeah. they're finally using the major league balls because they, yes. they should be because the guys on rehab assignments were always using them anyway. So let's half those guys down there have major league baseball experience. It seems like. And so what the percentage is now forty percent more home runs this year in AAA. I thought it was it was thirty. Now it's forty. I think it's forty, and the rest of the minor leagues have not seen an increase because right. shockingly they're not using the same ball. And I heard an interesting point: it's not just the seams; it's the overall texture of the ball. Oh, the, the core. Well, not just the core, but the 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 outside. The friction has been reduced because the the leather is tighter on the right. ball. Right. And that's something I didn't know how to articulate before, but. People just think, oh, the seams have been lowered. No. No, it's not just the seams because the pitchers are still getting – I mean, no one's complaining about the break. I mean, they used to. But the seams are lower because the, they're stretching it out more. The leather is tighter, and so exactly. there's less friction on the ball, and it pops off the bat better. So and, if you get backspin, yeah. that thing cakes off. And it's also another thing I didn't think of, another reason why maybe pitchers, instead of throwing 95, 96, are throwing 98, 99 – not, not only are they training themselves to throw harder, which I'm not discounting that at all. They are doing Always. that. They're, they're really working. Everyone's trying to throw the ball faster and harder. Yes. But if there's less drag on the ball, right. if the ball is wound tighter it's gonna move and the leather doesn't move on the ball as much, right. you're gonna, maybe that adds two to three miles per hour on your fastball. Yeah, it, it would. So I'm, no, I'm no physicist. This would have been a really – I was talking to my uh, friend about this. It would have been a really fun – college thesis to do if like you were in or not a thesis but like for a final exam if you were in a science class or a physics class I remember in high school I had to do a physics uh like experiment my own and they were just it was really free open do whatever you want kind of thing create create something interesting this would have been a fun thing to do compare balls hit them in the outfield launch them throw them see what the difference is in all the different balls from different times and see what do your own science on it because it wouldn't be that hard to do it just takes a little bit of time and I think it'd be fun. thinking power. Yeah. You don't need like a really advanced equipment. You need a radar gun. You need the balls and you need a computer just to talk. Like that's it. You don't need to be a genius to do it, but it would have been fun to do. Other stuff. He's Luis Lizardo, who is my boy who I've talked about on the show all the time. But since this is a new prospect, Padres prospects show, I'm going to stumble over that wow. all the time. He's one of my favorite pitching prospects in the minors. He and Mackenzie Gore are the top two lefties in the minors kind of just by a mile. And he's, he had a chance at being in the rotation for the A's at the beginning of the year, and he went down with shoulder soreness, which is not the best thing to have. And he's back up to AAA, is a 21-year-old, pitched on Thursday, had four strikeouts and no walks in five innings, and he looks like an option for the A's after the All-Star break, and they could use him because they're still, they're still hanging around for a wild card. They're about 500. <laughs> the A's so, are always around. And then uh, I just another thing I was talking about, with you off air was it's funny how they were talking about who the fans are at the this Yankees Red Sox game mm. and how like oh there's lots of Yankees Red Sox fans that well no they just bought the stuff when they got to the game <laughs> and I'm sure there's lots of expats there watching ex-militaries and whatnot well no just people yeah people there for work and people there oh, yeah are, massive financial center um, and it's for a Yankee fan or a Red Sox fan to fly to London not Nothing. not that long a flight they, it's the same to like L A yeah and they people can do that and it's a once in a lifetime experience and I'm sure a lot of people did and I just thought it was funny all the random fans who got to the park and were trying to decide 
what shirt they want to buy. Like, ah, the Red Sox one looks cool. I'll get the Red Sox one. And then the first inning, it was 6-0 right Yankees. Like, <laughs> damn it, I picked the wrong one. So there's that. Let's get to our main story, or our main stories. Segments. Let's go to our segments. That's what I want to get to. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Futures game. Rosters have been announced, and I was asking you who to guess, or who you thought would uh, make the Futures game roster from the Padres. So the Futures game, for those of you who don't know, and it's possible that you don't, is a like a minor league all-star game that takes place the day before the MLB All-Star Game, and it's going to be at Progressive Field this year in Cleveland. And it's kind of a showcase of the minor league's best talent. And maybe it's not necessarily the guys who are having the best season, but it's the stars of the minor leagues, all the top 100 guys. Um, And there's a few rules. Like, you can't – I don't think you can send the same guy more than twice. I think that's a rule. Makes sense. So it kind of keeps them rotating. You get low-A guys sometimes, the really exceptional ones. You get high-A guys, you get triple-A guys. They're kind of from all over. And you stick them all in this one game, and it's – it's an all-star game, and it's supposed to be a fun way to get a look at everybody, probably it, for the first time in person. And also for the players, right? Their first time playing at a professional field like that. Oh, uh, well, invited, yeah. They, right? Well, they play at really nice minor league parks now, but, but it's, it's different. The same. It's different. This right. is a 40,000-seat stadium. I and, mean, I took – yeah, I and was going to say. I it's took, always full. I took my cousin to go see a, a Rancho Cucamonga game, and then we went to go see a Dodger game, and he was like, whoa. Well, not, not you Americans day. are serious about this. Yeah. <laughs> Where's he from? He's Nicaragua? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there. So he's used to seeing you know like five to ten thousand people at a stand, and he's like minor league game. He's like, okay, yeah, this is normal. Yeah, you go to a sellout, it's a big difference. Then you 40, go to a 40, 45, 50 sometime. Game. Yeah, yeah, he's whoa. <laughs> and yeah, they're always they're going to be full. Like the atmosphere is yeah. great for these it's things. It's electric. It's different. It's exciting. So the guys are going for San Diego. Not hard to guess. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting that they're all pitchers, considering. Uh, well, the depth in the system recently, but it kind of makes sense because the, I mean, Fernando Tatis is now up. Luis Arias, I think was in it last year. The, the, the team gets to select who they want to send. MLB doesn't ask them. So we're sending Mackenzie Gore, Luis Patino and Adrian Marajon. Could it be that maybe at some point Padres want to get rid of them? Want to show this is the no. talent. This is what we got. It's, I think anybody, it's more any, – Any buyers, anybody interested? I don't, I'm not sure what, what Preller and the Padres consider going into it. You want to send your best guys. Sure. Everyone wants to send their best guys. And but you see what I'm saying, how it could be like a little exposition. Like I think it, for, for me, so like I can't speak for Preller, but what right. I would want to do okay. is to show off who I got. Okay. And I don't think they're trying to – I mean, Mackenzie Gore is not on the trade block. Okay. Nor will he ever be. I don't think he's his ceiling is that high. He's he's a top five prospect. Maybe you want to show your cards. Maybe you don't. No, I mean, they're they're scouts at all these games anyway. I, I get that. So it, just like the, the the baseball world, the the executives and the scouts all know who these guys are. Sure. They're these are the best of the best prospects. Everyone, <laughs> the I know best, who they are. The if best, I know who they are, then the, the teams definitely know who they are. And the one guy who's uh, probably not in the same discussion as Gore and Patino is Morihon. And so Morihon, the wild card. A little bit. He's he hasn't been as consistent as the other two, and I mean I'm I was gonna save my top thirty for later, but I have him on my Padres top thirty as number four, which is still very aggressive, respectable number. And I think he's either three on everyone else's list or four on everyone else's list. I tried not to look at anyone else's list when I was making mine, and it's still a work in progress. It's not 
finished yet. It'll be posted, posted next week. Making lists is hard, man. Underrated, sneaky hard. Like, you think it's easy to just throw 30 names on there? and No. Not easy. If you want to do it well, no. So this year, he's at his first year at double A, which is a big jump from high A to double A. It's one of, the, I think... The biggest jump, right? It, it's probably the biggest. It's close because low A to high A is also a huge difference. But high A to double A... Now, now we're dealing with dudes at Double A. Everyone there is a dude. Right. So he's struggling. He's pitched 30 innings, um, has 38 strikeouts. So he's got 11 and a half strikeouts per nine. But he's walking a lot of guys. He's giving up, you know, home run every 10 innings, which isn't bad. But it's pretty good. ERA's at five. So he's he's struggling in his first taste of Double A. He was pretty good last year. Had a 3.30 at Lake Elsinore, uh, again, striking out more than a batter per nine, which it kind of seems like everyone is doing these days. We were talking about that off air, too. Just the new ball, it's and everyone just wants to hit home runs, and everyone's striking out. You almost have to recalibrate what you think is a good strikeout rate because it used to be, as a starter, if you were striking out a guy per inning, it was very good. You're happy. And that's just kind of seems, – it seems almost normal now that if uh, you're a starter, you kind of expect K, a K per nine. And if you're under it, if you're like eight, you're like, eh, I can deal with that. Anything lower than you're just like, if you're not missing bats, what are you doing here? And I heard a stat today. The average major league reliever, th- those guys are averaging a strikeout per nine. And that kind of makes sense because relievers go max effort from the, from the first pitch. Right. And from the get. they strike out more than starters do because it's a smaller – they only have to pitch one inning. Smaller and so they, they just blow it out for one inning and they throw harder and – um, they're typically, I mean, not typically failed starters, but a lot of them are failed starters and they have the fastball and they have one out pitch and then they have nothing else. So that's why they're a reliever and you get one look at them and it can be hard to hit them in that first inning. And so they just rack up strikeouts, but starters to average a K per nine used to be very good. And now it's just kind of, I expect it. And relievers are averaging a K per nine, which is high. So Morihone, I'd like to see, I mean, Again, his pedigree is the reason why he got to the Futures game, not so much his results. But as a top – in this system, if you're top five, which I think almost everybody has him at, considering past lists and who's been promoted this year. So on my list, there's no Josh Naylor, there's no Fernando Tatis, there's no Chris Paddock. Um, once those guys all get off the list, you got to move everybody up. And Patino, I think, definitely – Deserves it. Patino, every time someone sees Patino for this, the first time, they're like, wow. That's what I always hear. Guys who are just learning about who Luis Patino is. I was, I was watching the Potter game yesterday, and Mark, not Mark Grant, Mark Sweeney, who is doing color for the game with uh, Don Orsillo, um, said he got a look at Patino the other day in Lake Elsinore. And the, the most common word I hear with Patino is electric. And he's a little smaller, but electric fastball, electric slider. He strikes out everybody. He's 19 years old at high A. Like, I think he's probably going to stay there all year. But he could definitely be pushing for a, a rotation spot late next year. Him and Gore could already be up. It's, it's wild to think about how young they are, but they've been so good, and they just keep advancing. Like Tatis is up this year. He's 20. Right. Why not? And pitchers, I don't remember if we talked about this before on the show, but I feel like once you prove you're ready as a pitcher – you're you're wasting bullets in the minors now. If you're, yeah. your your arm doesn't have infinite bullets, 
So if you True. are too good for the miners and you blow through the miners and you earned it, why not be aggressive with the guy? 20-year-olds can get out major league hitters. We've seen it. Like it's Fernando Valenzuela, I just it popped into my head. He's 20 years old when he came up. Um, I remember the late Jose Fernandez when he got called up with the Marlins. I think he was either 20 or 21. Strasburg. Strasburg, I think. was Well, he was a college guy. But I'm talking even younger than Strasburg. I think he came up right away, though. He was like 22. Yeah. Anyway, they can come up when they're young. Hitters, it kind of meant makes sense to season them slowly, get them to double A, see a lot of double A pitching because those guys are good. A big step up from high A, which we talked about. Triple A, it's good to – even though the, the ball flies out of triple A parks, especially in the Pacific Coast League, it's good to see get them against those pitchers because a lot of those guys are older, advanced, maybe triple A, quad A guys or guys that have been in the majors for a little bit, guys that are rehabbing that are in the majors already, you get them experience against advanced breaking balls, advanced fast, like better stuff. But if you're the pitcher and you just have that stuff already, I don't need to waste your innings in the minors. Let's get you up. So that's what I kind of see if if Gore and Patino both prove that they're already, you know, good to go. Why are we wasting their innings in the minors? Let's, let's just get them up and see if they can handle it. It makes sense, right? Absolutely. Just I, do, I mean, maybe do it. Service time. <laughs> well, no, but that's that's what I'm no kidding. service time. It is an argument. No, that's a thing. I'm glad you said service time because everyone argues about service time. And I was one of the guys that when they they called up or they had Fernando Tatis called on up, the major league roster right. opening day, I was happy because he's he's ready to go. So if you want him and Machado together and to build this excitement and you're going to sign him to a long-term contract anyway, as soon as he says, okay, I'm sure the Padres are already talking to his agent. We see it all the time. Like the service time argument I think is, is dumb now because teams know that and the players know it. And they, if they think you're good, they're going to sign you long-term to a team friendly deal. Plus I almost want to say he's not getting to free agency. Just like as an aside, the attendance, right? If attendance is a problem, you might as well just put up the best product that you can because that will help attendance as well because all of the fans' excitement. He was more exciting than Machado, I think. That's how much Padre fans are invested in their minor leagues and their prospects because that's all we've had the last few years. And Machado's not doing very well. He's he's bounced back. He, mm-hmm. He's been slowly Filling improving all the stuff. Like, right. It's been hard to notice. Um, the defense has always been there, but it's it's sure. been hard to notice his his offensive rise because he's been doing it very gradually. He uh, Tatis is on fire just constantly. He's should be an all star this year. He doesn't have the at bats for it. I don't think he missed. I think like twenty games or more. Right. Um, what was it? But Machado's was, quietly had a good season. I think it was his ankle, right? I think it was his hammy. He did the splits at second base. Right. Um, Wow. So he got it. So Machado got it back up to 270. He was hitting 280 the other night. And now he's down 278 with 17 home runs. That's very steady. That's reasonable. In today's game, the power's not as much as other dudes, but he'll. I think he'll be there. He'll he'll, he'll be a 30 homer, 280 guy. I heard. A, I saw a stat on uh, MLB Network. It was neither Machado nor Harper are for the All Star game. Or for the I mean, like, or, getting, or going for the for start starting. for starters yeah yeah starting not that surprised they were well, like look at third <laughs> like Nolan Arenado is running away with third base right now yes he had over fifty percent of the votes he's the only position player to have more than fifty percent of his position he's having a tremendous year plays in Colorado 
like I always, I always like roll my eyes at Colorado because whenever your team goes to Colorado, <laughs> everything gets inflated. You notice, um, well, like you grew up in LA, but you also have San Francisco roots. You notice whenever your team goes to Colorado, you're like, yes. And then the, the game is inevitably, you know, 10 to 10. And like, there's wild things that happened. The Padres were just there and made these incredible comebacks and two, two of the games and came back to win and they're scoring 14 runs and the Rockies and the Padres set this record in a four game series. Yeah. The Rockies always play at home. They always play there. <laughs> so like we get excited when we go there for like, for what is it? Like eight games, nine games a season, basically. And like, they're always there. There are 82 games there. So their numbers are always good. So like we, or it should be. Yeah. It's, it's a hell of an advantage to a, not be able to take advantage. Of. It is a huge advantage. <laughs> and that's kind of why it's, it's, it's hard putting Colorado hitters in the hall of fame. Cause how do you if you played at Colorado 82 games for 10 years like your numbers compared it, to the right? guy yeah your numbers compared to the guy that played in Dodger Stadium it, it, you're going to have way better numbers it's just I agree. it's a tough thing to do so it there's be, that could be true with a bunch of other places too but it's most it's, it's mostly most Colorado true in Colorado because of the altitude i mean that's that's a serious and thing. they tried stuff with the humidor and stuff but nope. The humidor doesn't change the dimensions of the park, <laughs> and maybe the ball's not. Maybe they didn't hit a ton of home runs one day, but because the outfield is so big, that I mean, they had to make it bigger because they're they were worried about home runs, I think. But now everything drops in for a base hit. Every little duck snort is a single, and then every hard hit single is a double, and then anything in the gap is a triple. It's it's such a tough place to pitch. Ryu, who's having the best season of arguably any pitcher in the National League right now. Just gave up seven runs there in four innings. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Triple A All Stars. Wanted to get talked about these guys. Uh, names that we know. All names that have been up with the Padres this year, actually. Logan Allen, who's pitching right now and pitching very well. Although I think he's going to come back down to earth shortly because he's he's a mid rotation guy. Let's be honest about what Logan Allen is. Luis Arias, who has quietly been struggling at Triple A lately. Got sent down there to start the season, was awesome, and now has been awful, fairly bad. <laughs> and Ty France, who is just kind of just Ty France. Ty France isn't anyone's solution to to third base, especially when we got Machado. I mean, he was supposed to be the third baseman when before we were thinking about signing Machado, and, and I'm glad it's not Ty France because when Tatis was hurt, France was up. Just it, it showed the limitations of what he's at, and he's an older guy too. He's San Diego State product, so I mean, I like him. Is just a guy that's going to fill in for people, but I'm glad he's not a starter. Has nothing to do with reality, but there's a video game that I'm playing on my phone, and he's on it every time that I pitch to him. I throw him a slider low and in. He always strikes out. <laughs> <laughs> always, every um, time. I'm sure that's very indicative of his real life performance. <laughs> uh, stat for Luis Arias, my friend sent me uh, in his last 20 games. 93 plate appearances. He's hitting 243 with a 312 on base. 79 weighted runs created plus. I mean, the average is supposed to be like 100, and he's at 79. Meanwhile, Kinsler is killing it, hitting 324 over his last 20 games. Good for Kinsler. Since his since Kinsler's fuck you game, right? He's been fairly good. <laughs> and don't try to tell me he wasn't yelling fuck you to the fans. He absolutely was. Yeah. How could you? I mean, I get why he's lying about it, but the fans don't need to be that gullible. He looked up into the crowd and yelled twice, fuck you, fuck all of you. How, am I, how are you supposed to interpret that? How are you supposed to interpret that now? And I was mad about it at the time because he was terrible. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you don't deserve to say this right now just because you had a home run. I get why you want to, but you're, you're still bad, dude. Like, calm, calm down a little. And now he's doing well. Fine. You can yell fuck you to us because we – you got to earn it, though. That's all I'm saying. And he's earned it lately. He's maybe, been good. Maybe he's just one of those guys who needs to get fired up. Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think it's over, that. Run over some coals, and then he'd be like, I'm going to take over the world. A lot of athletes are like that. They need to – Get, they need pissed. to convince themselves to get angry about something. Jordan was famous for this. Again? Just be mad <laughs> at everyone. The Jordan. Yeah, I'm a Jordan guy. <laughs> he, he would just find reasons to motivate himself to get angry for days and for games and would, I mean, one of the, the most famous trash talkers of all time is Jordan. Yes. And I think that helped him get a, himself psyched up to play. It, it wasn't so much about you. It was he was trying to get himself into the place that he needed to be to kick your ass. Absolute killer. Better than, better than LeBron. Come at me. Hot take of the day for me. Lakers are not going to go to the finals. This year? This year. I don't think they're playing. I don't care who they get. And if, if Kawhi goes there, first of all, I'm going to. F- now, wait a minute. And I know that this guy might not be the greatest. I'll quit person. the NBA. I'm done. I'm not watching the NBA next year if Kawhi goes to the Lakers. Fuck off, NBA. Uh, one of my friends who, when I get my coffee, we always talk basketball. And he basically is like saying, ever since. Um, the bus family is like now more in charge. Oh, that team has been crap. Yeah, he's like because <laughs> like, they have they have all the pieces, right? But then they always manage. Well, to the only fuck piece up. that matters is their jersey. It says Lakers on it, and it's purple and gold. That's Could, what matters. No, but, They're accidentally getting good now, despite all their incompetence as a franchise. No, but but like now, wait a minute. Like he was saying, he was basically phrasing to me that. The Lakers should be a lot better than they are, but the league is kind of like you guys have enough. Like, no. fuck off. They do, they've just completely so, squandered so now, all their resources, so, all their young talent. They just gave away. D'Angelo Russell they just gave away. Zubac, who's I don't know what Zubac is, but they gave him away. Just as a throw in, whatever. They gave the biggest haul ever for Anthony Davis on a, an expiring contract. Like, they had all this. They had all these picks, and they just didn't. Pretty much didn't do anything with him. And remember, they got rid of Magic. Good. Well, Magic stepped down. Thank God. He's a train wreck. Lakers podcast. Hashtag this is turned into the Lakers podcast. Don't care about that. Anyway, let's get into the last thing I wanted. Let's get into the last thing I wanted to talk about as I crash into the microphone. Kirby Yates trade scenarios. So I am still down for trading Kirby Yates. And he pitched really well yesterday. Got this, closed out the save against St. Louis. Padres back above 500. Hopefully they still are by Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they've been flirting with 500 kind of all year. They go up above it a couple games. They dip down below it a couple games. And me and my friends kind of freak out about it. Like, oh, we're we're at 500 again. Yeah. But for now, Kirby, I think, has the most value he's ever going to have. And he's going to be an all-star this year. I have no doubt. I would trade him. I would. And we do want to compete next year. The Padres want to compete next year, and it's the bullpen has been a problem this year, so I kind of understand the argument we should hold on to Kirby Yates and Craig Stamen, and Craig Stamen's been struggling a little bit lately, and the rest of the bullpen I'm not convinced about. So that's, that's an issue you have to consider going into the next season. But for the right deal, Kirby Yates to the Yankees, let's say, he's been floated out there a bunch, I think I would do it, even if the, the prospects are young, 19, 20-year-olds. A crew talent. Worry about the bullpen next year. Yankees will take them. So we were talking about who 
should the Yankees trade for Kirby Yates? Hmm. So there's things. The Yankees are really good right now, and they're beating the crap out of Boston. On and the they've nowhere near the microphone. That's true. They they've got a big lead in the East. They're they're going to win that division. They're they don't even need Stanton. This is hilarious. Stanton gets hurt again. Stanton's always hurt. Workout warrior injuries. This is what we argued about before. Um, the big dudes who are really muscular get soft tissue injuries super frequently. Him and Stanton, Stanton and Judge, uh, are always on the DL. And it's hamstrings and it's biceps and it's pectorals. You don't need to be jacked to be a baseball player. And those guys are jacked. You know, the, the fence is the same for everybody. You don't need to hit it 50 feet over the fence. Hit it 10 feet over the fence. Ketel Marte has 20 home runs right now. He's a <laughs> tiny little dude. Mookie Betts hit 30 home runs last year. Tiny little dude. The, the exit velo is coming from the pitcher. You don't need to be swinging as hard as you can. You don't need to be in the, in the gym pumping iron. Work on your flexibility. Work on your – do your yoga. You do your core exercises. And I know you are into the, the heavy lifting. I think they overdo it. George Brett convinced me of that. George Brett on some show I was listening to talks about how they didn't ever work out. I mean, that's not something we need to do now. But, I mean, obviously I think – being a well-rounded athlete is important, yeah, and they should be in the gym. But there, there's a there's a middle ground here that's not being explored by these really jacked dudes. Sands Sands hurt again; he doesn't play anymore. Like he's going to miss like almost three fourths of the season or whatever it is. I, I would wonder, you know, a, a curry to know is it is it that he's like more interested in having strength? Is he more interested it's what in it, having it's what like it looks like aesthetics? Because I think if you're, my opinion, if you're some dude like him, there's a strong probability that you're also going to go for aesthetics, right? And then the probability of getting hurt goes up if you're going for aesthetics because you're doing typically more reps, like doing body bodybuilding stuff, as opposed to like four or five, you know, compound sets and that's it and you're done. I don't know what he's doing, but it's not working. I, I, get, the, I, get, I get that, but I'm just like trying to figure out like, if you're a bigger dude and you're trying to do bodybuilding stuff, then yeah, the probability of you getting hurt goes up like drastically. If you're a meathead and you're a complete idiot and you're lifting far too much weight, then yeah, the probability of getting hurt is also going to go way up. But the injury is going to be kind of different versus like what he's going through. I think. Could let's be- get back. Let's get back to Kirby real quick because I wanted to do this, this these trade scenarios. <laughs> um, so the Yankees. I didn't do a Yankee. I mean, I'm semi-familiar with the Yankees system. They have one of the better systems in the last few years. They've had you know, like a top three system probably, mm-hmm. and they've had some graduations. Gleyber Torres, Clint Frazier have graduated. Uh, Jonathan Lewisaga has been up, although I think he's still probably eligible for prospect lists. Um, Domingo Herman, I think, has graduated. So there's they've graduated a lot of guys, but they still have a very good system. And we're going to go off of MLB.com's list just for this debate because I don't have my own list for the Yankees. But guys that I like in their system who, I mean, they have Estevan Florial at number one, they have Jonathan Luizaga at number two, Albert Abreu at number three, and Davey Garcia at number four. Now, I would, if I'm the Padres, I would definitely target Davey Garcia. Speaking of Futures game, Davey Garcia is a Yankees rep, so that's immediately what the Yankees think of Davey Garcia. Similar to Luis Patino in that he's undersized, but fucking throws gas and 
is having a tremendous year and is already moved up to high A. No, he's moved. Yeah, he moved up to double A and is having more success at double A than he had at high A. He he's a. I mean, they haven't listed it five nine or five ten. So that's scouts worry about stuff like that. You don't generate the plane on the fastball. However, another thing I was thinking about recently is scouts used to love the guy who was tall who would throw down on the ball because you're creating that angle when it hits home plate. It's harder to square the ball up as a batter because if you have a level swing, it's harder to make efficient contact with the ball if it's coming down at an angle. If it's a flat ball. It's easier to hit. Makes sense. But now everyone's taking a big-ass uppercut swing on the ball because they know it's coming down at an angle. So they're trying to change their, you know, launch angle, hashtag launch angle. They want to, they want to hit at the exact right angle to loft the ball that's coming in at an angle. So now if the ball is flatter, maybe they're popping up more stuff. Do shorter pitchers have an advantage that we haven't thought about before? Or am I just pooping all over this idea this is making this doesn't make any sense we need to talk to someone that knows anything about that but i think so uh i remember it's a different look at least it's all remember remember, it's all about hitters eye levels and if you're throwing a different look at the guy that can affect some stuff remember in the 1960s they lowered the mount right Mm. and a lot of that was because of uh gibson because gibson like he was just this towering i think they should lower the mound again i've heard i've heard people talking about this Mm. we do stuff in baseball all the time people are so worried about the traditions of baseball um, the playoffs have recently changed. We added a wild card. Then we added another wild card. We've cha- we went from two divisions to three divisions in each league. Right. We got expansion teams. That's why that happens. And we've lowered the mound. We've moved in fences. We've added netting. We've had umpires. We've changed the ball. <laughs> we've had umpires change the strike zone from. Yeah, they've the, lowered it. They've raised from, it. They move it. From, yeah, from just the letters to now the nipple line to the knees. To I don't the think shins. we should be afraid to change some things about baseball to help it out. Right. Whether that's lowering the mound or changing the ball or whatever. But I would, I would seriously consider lowering the mound. I think, I think the home runs are out of control. They're not as, they're not as fun anymore. Home runs should be a really exciting play in baseball. And it's just kind of, if more than half your runs are home runs, which is, we're seeing a lot of teams do this, like more than 50% of your runs come off a home run. The, the, the game is more boring because you're just seeing inning after inning of guys striking out. And then, you hit a couple home runs, and they hit a couple home runs, and that's the whole game. Conspiracy that theory. That sucks. Time. That sucks. Again, I really just, I'm just like, how I, do we keep getting off topic? I want to talk about the Yankees' prospects. <laughs> Hold your conspiracy. So I wanted to target Davy Garcia because I like Davy Garcia, and he's a futures game guy. So people know about him clearly that he's going to the futures game. I kind of don't want Estevan Florial, who's their number one prospect. He he worries me with his strikeout rate and his pitch recognition, and. He's a dynamic player. He's got power. He's got speed. He plays a good defensive outfield. He's got a cannon for an arm. I just worry about his contact skills. And is it, it's just like a high upside guy, like a roll the dice guy. Okay. Like, I, I guess I would take him. But I don't think he's the headliner that everyone just assumes. Oh, he's the number one guy in the system. He's the headliner of this deal for Kirby Yates. Let's, let's get him. If we get Estevan Florial, I'd want something, something else. So Florial and Davey Garcia, <laughs> now I'm in. Jonathan Lewisaga at number two. He's MLB ready-ish. Although I kind of I kind of don't see more than just like a back-end starter. And he's he's more advanced anyway. So he's um, 24 years old. He pitched in the majors uh, a little bit last year, a little bit this year. From Nicaragua. 
Oh, is he? Yeah. I don't have that on here. No, I know he's from. New yeah. York. Okay. Cool. Good for him. Where's David Garcia from? Dominican, probably. I think. So. I know Esteban Florio is Dominican, but anyway, I I kind of just don't want him because I think I've seen enough from him as just a a back end rotation guy. Alberto Breu, their number three guy, pitching in Double A right now. Like we were talking about, strikeout per nine. He's not striking out a guy per nine. Average against him is two sixty three. He's got he's got the plus, he's got plus command. He's got a good fastball that apparently tops out at 100 miles per hour. But that doesn't excite me anymore. Like, I don't want the guy that just throws 100 miles an hour. Like everyone has guys that throw 100 miles per hour. Can you pitch? And he's got exciting tools. Davey Garcia, I think, has just more exciting tools. People look off Davey Garcia because of his size. The, the, if you're going to give me Florial and Davey Garcia for Kirby Yates, I think that's fine. Florial right now is back in high A and really struggling. And he had a hammock bone injury, I think, a couple of years ago. And he's had, he's had some injury issues. But that's, that's why I want more than just him. So if you go deeper down the list, Everson Pereira is a guy I like. He's an international signing from last – or from 2017, I'm sorry. Um, also struggling so far this season in uh, low A. But has tools that I think would translate. So plays the good center field, runs – Hits, the power's not there yet. He kind of reminds me of a little bit of Manuel Margot. I think his ceiling, Hmm. at the same time of their development, Margot, I think, had a higher ceiling. I was really excited about Margot back when we got him from Boston. And I thought he was going to be a high-average leadoff hitter who was hitting 280-300 that stole 20 to 30 bases a season, chipped in 15 home runs. He's not that guy yet. I'm hoping Everson Pereira is that guy. He's very raw still, very young. Like I said, just signed from the, international, from, uh, the Dominican a couple years ago. I would consider him in the deal. But the Yankees don't have that one prospect for me that would be kind of like when Brad Hand, kind of like when Brad Hand got traded last year to Cleveland, they just took Francisco Mejia back. And they also threw in, um, well, we threw in uh, Adam Simber with Hand. So. Price. Yeah, it's Mejia was that good of a prospect that it made sense to just get him back. I don't think the Yankees have one of those. So all I've heard so far is that the is that Kirby Yates to the Yankees is is the deal because I think the Yankees are just worried about their bullpen long term. But if we're trading him somewhere else, what we need, what the Padres would need back, I keep saying we, I try not to do that. I hate that when people do that. But what the Padres would need back in return is something like that deal where you are getting their, the team's best prospect. Or if it's not a prospect that you feel comfortable with getting back, it's not Francisco Mejia or it's um, you know, not like a Jesus Lazardo. I don't think even Jesus Lazardo would be gettable. Too good a prospect. But somewhere in that range of maybe 40 to 60, depending on what, what the guy is or what team it is. But right now in the Yankee system, I'm seeing you would need a couple guys. And maybe it's maybe it's Loisaga. Maybe they like Loisaga. Maybe it's Abreu. Maybe it's Clark Schmidt, a guy they drafted a couple of years ago, a little bit older. I just there. I don't see that one guy. But that's that's the kind of deal that they would need back. And some cash. Probably can, can always use cash. <laughs> All right, we're good. So that was episode. I don't want to go into my dream. That was episode two. 
We don't have time. <laughs> for uh, the official new Padres Prospects podcast, Triple P. We're going to come up with something for that. As always, follow our Twitter accounts at PSL underscore baseball. And at Here's Johnny Ray. If you enjoy the show, please rate, subscribe. It's on all your favorite, pl- favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com. That's at Believe. <laughs> at Believe Podcasts. Uh, Every time you try to ad-lib it, it's terrible. Just read, read the copy. You can also find us at Believe.com, at Believe Podcasts. That's on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and a rating of the show. On all your Yep, on all the bad platforms. platforms. You've been listening to the Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For John, I'm Ryan. See you next time. Just move on toward your destination. Though you may find from time to time. Why'd you get rid of it? I'm trying to get the screen for the... Uh, we started recording, then you just blew Audacity off the screen. I don't, what, what was the logical... What was the point of that? Sorry, I was trying to get the uh, show notes. Oh, well, okay, well, now we have, to st- we have to start over. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.